Welcome to the Faith Ignite Podcast. This is a show where we share stories of ordinary people who allow God to do the miraculous in their lives. From trusting to testing to triumph, we pray that these stories ignite your faith to believe God for even greater. Welcome to the Faith Ignite Podcast, and we are so excited that you guys have decided to join us today. We are getting set to start season two, and we have such an amazing guest with us. I can't wait to dive into this conversation with this young this young man. And before I do, I need to introduce my wife. My name's Rosa Williamson, and I'm so glad you guys are listening in today. She's the heart behind and the brains behind this whole operation, <laughs> and this wouldn't be possible without you, so I just want to shout you up for that. Thanks. But... We are so excited that we have such an amazing guest with us. He's a friend. He's a, a brother. We grew up or we went to college together at ORU, and now he's doing big things in the world. So without further ado, allow me to introduce my friend, my brother, Mr. Jonas Tucker. Well, what's going on, y'all? I'm so pumped that I'm here. Like, we're in the space. We're doing the stuff right now. We right? are. We we're are. inviting people to meet Jesus. We're engaging um, people on a high, high level of faith. Like, that's that's why I'm here. That's what I'm all about. So I'm excited to be in the room. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so just looking at it from this perspective, Jonas, what, you, you look like you're a high energy kind of guy. And so <laughs> what, with that high energy, where is it that you find yourself in the in the marketplace? Yeah, so right now, um, kind of that's a faith story in, um, in and of itself, but I work for Target. Um, okay. One of the coolest parts about my job is I work in human resources. So like, okay. I'm kind of like a pseudo-missionary, right? So I get to create a safe space and a sacred space for people to come in. And whether it's like worldly problems that they got stuff going on outside of work, or maybe there's some situations happening within my organism or within my organization that's unhealthy. And so I get to have those authentic conversations. And the coolest part is like, I'm the boss. So I get to close the door and be like, what? <laughs> What do we need to talk about? Do we need to have a hug session? Like, what is the situation? And really, over the last several months, I've had some really awesome opportunities to lead um, young people to Jesus. Like, the first opportunity I had, I remember, um, there's a young lady. She's just been struggling and struggling and struggling with not just her faith, um, but the reality that the people in her life don't want her to succeed. Right. Mm-hmm. So then she stepped into Target feeling like these guys also don't want me to succeed. Like I have depression, I'm overwhelmed, all these things. So I call my HR expert who also went to ORU. She's an amazing young lady. And I was like, yo, we gotta pray. Like I don't care what you're doing, like you clocking out, we're praying. So I closed the door and I was like, Hey, is it like okay, like if we we pray for you. Like, I know it's weird. Um, I know it's a little crazy. Might get fired for this, but like, I like, I there's no there's no better answer. There's no better solution to what you're going through. And she was like, please. And so we got to pray together. And Kristen actually started a discipleship program within Target, where these young girls come in the first 15 minutes of their shift, and they're stepping into her office, and they're having prayer. They're reading the Word together. They're doing just like life together in a corporate space, right? Wow. Now obviously like, you know, we don't publicize that, we're not proletizing anybody in the marketplace, but we're creating a safe space for young ladies or young men or whatever the situation is to come and meet the truth and the answer and faith. And so um, being at Target has been such an awesome opportunity. Again, it is a secular atmosphere, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Lots of different types of people you're engaging with all day long, people with different backgrounds, histories, and stories. Um, One of the things Target talks about all the time is that your story is valuable, right? Mm -hmm. And absolutely it is. But when you connect that story to his story, it changes everything. And so uh, having that opportunity day in and day out, like, and it's long shifts, like I'm there all day long, right? Um, I definitely have other work to do. I have lots of priorities and leadership and things like that. But my first priority every day, like I'm like, God, where are you at work? 
Where can I jump in? Where can I be a part? And I like I'm happy to say God has been so so faithful over the last several months of just opening the door, saying, "Hey, Jonas, this is what you need to do today." And I'm like, "All right." And so, been awesome. So I mean, I know this story because I know you. But for people that are tuning in, how is it that you got to Target? (laughs) Wild situation. So um, I graduated from ORU in 2018. Mm -hmm. um, Had an opportunity to travel the country a bit. Went to a bunch of different companies. um, Really, like, was missing my best fit. Like, just um, I have very loud personality. um, I'm very (laughs) outgoing. Like, I am not that I'm opinionated, but like when I hear the voice of the Lord, we're going after it. Like, I I don't have the the stop button. I don't have like. I have nothing but object obedience. Like he said that direction, we're going. Like, and he'll figure out the pieces along the way. Um, and so that definitely makes it hard for me to find my best fit place sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I had an opportunity to move to North Carolina and lead an incredible ministry out there um, full of young people, full of youth. And over that time, I was struggling. I, I value higher education. I value um, knowledge. I value experiences. I value um, mentorship. And mm-hmm. so one of my mentors was like, well, like where you're headed, the world needs someone that knows not just the Lord, but knows how to bring the Lord into the marketplace. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, dope. I'll just go get my MBA, and if the, the door opens, I'll go. Um, so I proceeded to get my MBA, um, graduated in 2020 from ORU. Like, thank the Lord, my goodness. Um, but the, the hard part about that was the pandemic hit right in that moment. So I'm trying to pay off grad school. I mean, another like crazy faith story. I'm trying to pay off grad school. I met the love of my life. She's incredible. Um, I moved from North Carolina to Oklahoma, living on a buddy's couch, like trying to figure out what my next step is. So at this point in time, let me like paint the picture for you. I am giving plasma. I am working at a construction site in the mornings. Wow. And I am uh, working as a cashier at Target at night. So I start my day right around like 4.45. I drive out to a construction site, build houses, do all the things. Right after that, I have like a two and a half hour window where I can shower, give plasma, and get to Target. So get plasma, get to Target, work my little shift, go to sleep, repeat. Um, All during that time, I'm studying, I'm doing all the work, and I kid you not, like it's just a testament to who God is. Like every month, I didn't have excess money. There's no such thing, right? <laughs> like I had the exact dollar amount for anything that I would need, right? Wow. Like, and, and it's just really a testament to like the promise of God that he is a, not only a faithful father, but he is the provider of everything you need, right? Because I am actively pursuing the love of my life and it's hard for me to do college, two jobs, giving plasma, and actually be a great boyfriend, right? Take, <laughs> take my girl out to eat, right? Go out to the movies, do the things yeah. you love to do. Um, but I, I just watch God day after day be like, hey, this is the provision that you need for today. Mm. The daily bread is this thing. Trust me, like, you can trust me for tomorrow, but this is what today needs. Um, and so, long story short, I'm checking out guests. I, I walk across the stage. It's such a hurrah moment after I get my MBA, and my boss comes up to me. And this is not just, like, my direct boss. This was the store director. He ran the whole store, and he come up to me. And I'm in the back room, and I'm just, like, throwing boxes in the baler, like, like minding my own business, right? Like, I got no intention of doing anything with nobody. And he's like, hey, I need you to drop what you're doing and follow me. And I'm like... Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go wherever you're telling me to go. So I go with him, um, and so he's having a conversation. He's like, have you ever thought about human resources? Mm-hmm. I was like, I thought about checking some guests out at the front. Like, I don't really I don't know what you mean. Um, he's like, listen, I know you got your MBA recently. I know that there's some transitions happening. Would you be interested in human resources? And I was like, 
all right, man, like whatever you need, like you're going to give me 40 hours because I'll be here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he gave me that opportunity. I stepped in. So mind you, like Target has a very specific way these things happen. So I'm breaking the mold in all these different ways. So he moves me from a guest advocate, zero training, zero background in human resources. Praise God for the MBA and the background of getting a college degree. Um, but sat down, started doing HR and realized that the system was broken, right? Mm-hmm. Like there were people that were hurting. Um, there was not a ton of accountability. There wasn't a, ca- a ton of communication. There was lots of just lots of gaps, and not because of any fault of the leadership team. There was nobody to fill the void. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, me naturally, like, just kind of, I think, I think back to the Holy Spirit, right? Like, the Holy Spirit can enter a space and change everything, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. He doesn't need me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I just happen to be the conduit. He could have picked anyone in the store, right? Mm-hmm. 120 people, but He was like, Nah, Jonas is going to be obedient, right? And so I stepped in. Um, and just listened to the Holy Spirit and just did those things in order and did them towards excellence. Um, and so fast forward a couple months after that, um, we had a team leader um, come in. So at, at my position as an HR expert, the person above me was supposed to be a team leader, um, but she was gone on LOA, like leave of absence for months and months and months. So they were without a team leader and they just had me. Like mm. I was not really a good filler. Like I'm just a person trying to help. Right. Um, anyway, she comes back and it like kind of, rock the boat a little bit. I had a system, I had a groove, mm-hmm. but the Lord was like, hey, I didn't ask you to be a leader, I asked you to be faithful. And mm-hmm. I was like, don't, like, okay, what do I gotta do? And so yeah. I'm just being faithful, I'm gonna follow her lead, if she's got a plan, if she's got a message, or whatever, we're gonna achieve those things. Um, but just uh, according to just some different circumstances, um, we as a store performed so well in the time that I was in leadership that our corporate offices had recognized it. They were like, this store is doing tremendously well. Like for where we're at, so like Target does everything by a demographic and they realized that like our demographic wasn't as big as some other places in Oklahoma. So they weren't giving us a ton of focus. But for some reason, we're crushing sales. We're making millions and millions of dollars. We're doing all these different things. And so they call up my boss and say, hey, we're going to flip the leadership culture. Um, So they were going to give us salary positions that we've never had in the history of that Target. They're just going to give them to us. Um, and so they asked my boss, hey, who do you want for these positions? And my boss goes, oh, I want this team member to become an executive team leader of this and be a salary team member. And they were like, nah, that's not going to happen. He's like, no, 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 no. You haven't met him. And they were like, okay, we'll come out. So they fly out from their wow. corporate offices to my store. And I'm, again, I'm at the bailer, just being faithful, throwing boxes in the bailer. And he's like, hey, I need you to come to the front. And I think it's just my boss on the walkie asking me to come to the front. Right. So I walk my happy butt up to the front. Um, And uh, it wasn't him. It was actually our district leader. And he said, hey, I've heard a lot about you. Tell me about what you've done here at Target. And I walked him through the things. Me not knowing any of the background, not knowing any of this, the the filler I know now, obviously, on the other side. um, But that was my initial interview. Mm. Hey, I'm interviewing you to see if you can fit the executive culture that we're trying to create in in this store. Um, long story short, I was offered this promotion, like quadrupled my salary, making probably $40,000 more than I've ever made in my entire life wow. in a company that I was bagging groceries just a <laughs> few months before. Um, but literally, it's a testament to the faithfulness of God. Like, I was grinding and grinding and grinding, doing the things the Lord told me to do, being faithful in the little things, right? Mm-hmm. Being faithful to give plasma as often as I could give, um, being faithful to go to the construction site, which was the worst. Um, I was... I cut grass, like I, whatever it took to put the cash in my pocket, I was going to do because yeah. I had some priorities to get after. Right. Um, and 
anyway, so the faithfulness of God was there, and now I'm leading, in my opinion, one of the best teams um, in the country, um, statistically as well, praise God, but like one of the best teams in the country because I'm putting them first. I'm letting God lead the way. It's not Jonas having the conversations. It's, hey, Holy Spirit, where are you at work? What can I do to join in? And he's doing the work. Man, something you said that, that kind of caught my attention. You said that you are objective focused. When God tells you to do something, you just go after it. And so, I mean, given this day and age, like we have uh, a culture where they need to see X, Y, Z before we even take a step. I need to see all the options, what's going to happen, the outcomes before I even make a decision. And so, like, what is that like going, knowing that you are so focused on doing what God wants you to do that you not not forget about the the outcomes, but you choose to ignore them and just be obedient with what he told you? So, I mean, the real thing is it's not something that I do naturally, right? Mm-hmm. It's been a grown faith walk, faith journey for me, right? Um, just thinking about the Enneagram, like I don't know how many of you guys are passionate about yes. the Enneagram, mm-hmm. but my fiance is passionate about the Enneagram. I'm <laughs> learning to be more passionate about the Enneagram, but I'm a three, right? So I'm okay. always thinking about the optics. I'm always thinking out of the per- perception, which naturally lends me to be a planner, right? Mm-hmm. Like I plan out my life. I know where my two-year, three-year, five-year, six-month tomorrow plans are. Like I'm all about it right but the thing that i've never allowed myself to do is if god presses the stop button if mm-hmm. he presses the revert button if he presses the change it all button throw it out button guess what it's gone mm-hmm. because at the end of the day like his promise is yes and amen for his goals not mine mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um one of the things that god kind of brought to my remembrance today was in romans 4 it's talking about that those people that get listed under righteousness right like the davids and the abrahams mm-hmm. of the world mm-hmm. they also had some plans right they also had some goals they also had some strategies they knew how they wanted things to go and everything they did in their own power did not succeed yeah. Yeah. right you think about bathsheba right you think about mm-hmm. the 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 bastard sons of Abraham. like it's all bad if you walk outside of the will of God, right? And so the reality is, is that like when you're standing at the precipice of your destiny, God offers you a choice, your way or my way. Mm. At the end of the day, my way may look great, right? The steps I've lined out for myself, Jonas, you're gonna get a degree, you're gonna get your MBA, you're gonna be a CEO of a company, like, oh, that all sounds awesome. But if God told me to stand on the side of the road and beg for money, I know that he's gonna fill my cup. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not only is he going to fill my cup, I'm going to live in abundance because that's his promise, not mine. Mm. That's his plan, not mine. And so like, I think the story, the like overall arching theme of Jonas's life is that when God says go, Jonas goes and he makes a way. Like literally out of no way, like a rabbit out of a hat. Like how did it happen? Yeah. This yeah. is what he does. Like I know you guys know my ORU story, just wild how that happened. Um, I know you guys have been a part of some of the crazy miracle yeah. journeys that I've been on, but the, the beautiful part about my life, especially like as I think about it through the eyes of faith, is that where I put my trust, that's where my peace is. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes, like especially being a planner, I put my trust and I put my faith in my plan mm-hmm. and I don't have peace. Mm-hmm. And so God, almost like, like a kid with a candy, like slaps my hand away and goes, hey, eyes back on me. Mm-hmm. And I shift my focus and I can sleep again. I shift my focus and I can rest again. I shift my focus and I stop worrying about the problems that I've created for myself. And I think about the promise that he has planned for me in the beginning. So it's been a trial and error process. um, But I think right now, especially um, having the opportunity to get married here in a couple months, um, getting to walk (laughs) into being the head of a household and being able to tell my family like, hey, I know this is our plan. 
God pressed stop. We're going to halt and we're going to wait for him. Mm. Hey, we're running way too fast. We left his planet in the backseat. Can we wait? Or, hey, we're not moving fast enough. We need to pick up and go. Like we're, we're relying on ourselves too much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, also having a great helper in my fiance, like she is always apt to tell me, hey, you missed it. Yep, I'm gonna fix that right now. You are absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm working on that as well so that I can lead, but also be sensitive and obedient enough to follow. Interestingly enough, I, had a, I was talking with a guy today or yesterday and he was very, very like blown away. I was kind of telling him some of the things that had happened in my life and I was telling him, I was like, God wants to talk to you. And it's not like he's trying to like play cat and mouse. Like you ask him something, he'll never answer you. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, if you want to, God will speak to you. And he was like, but how? I was like, well, I said, trust me, you'll, you'll know when he talks to you. And I was kind of, kind of telling him a story of faith like that had happened in our lives. And he was like, bro, how, how, how can you do such a thing? And so for someone that doesn't know, what is it like living by faith or hearing the voice of God to do something? Mm -hmm. uh, for me, it's happened a few different ways. Um, number one, it has to be the Word of God. If you don't know the Word of God, you can hear any voice and think it's Him. Mm, that is yep. that. I mean, that's the really hard part. Um, and so for me, obviously getting the opportunity to go through some theological training and being able to um, do some exegesis and figure out where Jesus is in the text, I can really... Uh, maneuver my way through the Bible and find where he is. Mm. But it's also dangerous because I can say, this is what he would want me to do. Mm. There's two different things, right? Like yep. it's either I'm doing what he told me to do or this is what I think he would want me to do. Yeah. That's not a safe place to be, right? And so um, so I think what you have to do is you have to couple part one, knowing the word of God, knowing, yep. knowing what he does and where he does it. Um, and then having those mentors in your life, those people of faith, I think it's the rule of three. If you don't know the rule of three, you're missing it. Always have a person that's at your same level running the, the, the level of life that you're running, the same season, the same passion, the same goals, a person behind you that you can take along the way, right? Hey, I made that mistake, don't do that, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have to have that person ahead of you, at least one or two seasons ahead of you that you're chasing. Like, yeah. You already know how to hear from the voice of God. I'm going where you go. Yeah. I'm going to walk where you walk. I'm going to hear what you hear. I'm going to do what you do until I'm where you're at. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. That rule of three. Um, but my mentors are also um, very sensitive to not my feelings, not the world's culture, but to the voice of God. Mm. Right? So if I say, hey, this is the thing I think the Lord is asking me to do, they'll table that and they'll go pray about it. Until they hear from God, mm. I don't hear from them. They're not coming back to me, well, I think, you know, after yeah. I thought about it for a few, no, we're not doing that. It mm. doesn't really matter what you think, if yeah. I'm honest with you, you know what I mean? Yeah. What matters is you went to the Holy Spirit, you went to the Lord, you went to the throne room and said, Jonas, I also feel peace about that, mm -hmm. right? Or maybe it's a dumb thing, like it's super yes, like, hey, should I give money to this person? Yeah, yeah, the answer is probably yes. Yeah, go ahead for it. Want to know why? Because it doesn't matter. Like, you're just the conduit to God's provision. Mm. Didn't matter. You know yeah. what I mean? But if it's like, hey, should I move to Ghana tomorrow? One second. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go take, I'm gonna go take yeah. some time, you know? Um, and the third one I think is super, super important is if there's not peace in the situation, yeah. there's a yeah. problem. Right? And so, like, I, but I think also people get a little weird about what the word peace means, right? Mm -hmm. Peace doesn't mean you're not nervous. There's some nervous in there. There's some, like, yeah. energy. Mm -hmm. um, there's some, like, necessary bodily reactions that happen when you're stepping out in faith, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think that when Peter stepped on in the water, he was like, ooh, like, no, he was like, 
is it going to catch me? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he had that moment, right? right. Um, I don't think that when Jesus went to the tomb to raise Lazarus, like, he had some emotions in there. He wasn't afraid. He wasn't nervous. But he had some emotions. He had some pain. He was dealing with some things, right? Mm. And so I think that's a very human bodily thing. But peace supersedes that. Peace mm. surpasses your understanding. Right, yeah. surpasses yeah. what your body is going mm-hmm. through. And so in my life, there's been some seasons where I've had peace, but I wasn't at rest, right? Mm. And so I didn't get to at rest until I decided in my heart that I'm gonna be obedient mm. to the peace. Mm. So if okay. you can do those three things, if you can find in God's word what his pathway is, which is always gonna be the right way, right? It's always gonna lead yeah. to either loving people, leading people, or helping people. There's only those three things. You're either gonna love somebody to Jesus, you're gonna lead somebody to Jesus, or you're gonna help somebody find Jesus. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Right? And then you, if you have that, if you know the pathway, if you've got his answer, then you gotta get some people that are gonna do that journey with you. Whether they're going and walking that faith journey with you, maybe they're praying in the background, being your prayer warriors, or maybe they're just your biggest mm-hmm. cheerleader. Like, hey, I haven't heard from God yet on that, but guess what? I'm going to cheer you on on the way. And if you need my help anywhere in the middle, guess what? I'm going to jump in, right? And then that last one, that you have that just peace that passes your understanding. It doesn't have to make sense, the step God asks you to do, but you have to have peace in it, right? Like, I know I had some tempting, tempting, tempting offers. I tell my fiance all the time I'm getting hit hit up on LinkedIn just because there's Target and MBA behind my name. I get messages, hey, you should come. Like, nope, I don't have peace about that. God, the last thing God told me to do was be at Target. Mm. Sorry, (laughs) that is not what he told me to do. You know what I mean? And so having that peace that passes my understanding, like I don't understand why I wouldn't take a job for $100,000. But I know that that's not what God asked me to do. He asked me to do this thing. Exactly. So while I'm here, I'm going to be as faithful as I can be until he opens the next door that he allows me to walk through. I like that you mentioned the rule of three. Mm -hmm. A lot of people our age, I feel like they think, hey, I got this, I can do it on my own, but they don't realize they need to be under someone, someone who's ahead of them. So walk us through that. Like, how was it being under and submitting? Again, I'm a planner. And so uh, (laughs) it it was rough because um, my mentors always tell me something contrary to what I think is best for Jonas, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're, they're not really worried what's best for Jonas. They're worried about what is God's best for Jonas. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what is God's best plan for Jonas? And we're chasing after that. If Jonas's plan falls out, they're, ah, fine. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? If my plan lines up, they're giving me a high five saying, great job, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but the mentor selection process really has to be key. Um, you can't just pick anyone. Right. Um, yeah. I think people hear me say, like, get someone a season or two of life ahead of you, and they're just thinking for a successful person. That's not what that means. Mm. You know what I mean? I definitely have that rule of three in every area of my life, right? There are some people that I take some financial wisdom from that I won't necessarily take marriage wisdom from, right? right? Yeah. Like, I have them for different spheres in my life. Um, I, I think about two people, just for instance, um, one of my mentors' names is Alex, and, like, he's the catch-all. Any decision that I think I might be missing, mm-hmm. doesn't matter what it is, any sphere, he's probably going to go pray about it. No, he will go pray about it, and he'll probably have an answer to me pretty quick, right? <laughs> Him and Jesus are, like, so tight. It's so frustrating. Um, but it's also really encouraging and exciting. But then I have another mentor named Eric who's just a savage, right? Like, he is, like, cutting everything at the knees. Like, go pray for him. Tell him right now they need to love Jesus or else. You know what I mean? Like, but that's the guy he is. Mm-hmm. But I go to him for those moments where, like, I'm beating myself up that God missed it. Mm-hmm. Or I'm beating myself up over something that I'm reading in the Word that's really challenging me yeah. um, or really convicting me. And he's like, hey, take a deep breath. There's grace for that. 
You know what I mean? There's grace for where you're at in the system. You don't get to stay there. Like, you right. now know. Like, you're now accountable because he's a savage. You're going to let me know. But he's also going to be that guy that's like, hey, like, let's take a deep breath. How can I walk you through that? What do you need from me? And so, like, like having that ability to pick those mentors. I've also had some bad mentors in my life. Uh, and I'm super candid about that. I talk about those experiences all the time. Um, but some some tail signs, like some ways that you can identify a bad mentor that's not being led by faith, that's not being led by the Holy Spirit, mm. are people that don't go pray first. Mm. If they have an immediate answer for the question that you've given them, without them saying, actually, like, I, I've, there have been some situations where Alex has been like, I've actually been praying about that, and God told me not to say anything until you brought it up to me. Mm. Like, he told me to keep my mouth shut. Right? If that's the conversation, you're in good graces. Yep. But if the conversation is, you know what you should do. Like, I've missed it. Because I this person was just so larger, than, like bigger than life. And he had such a great heart. And he really wanted to change the world. And he had all these great visions. But he didn't have a vision for where Jonas fit in the puzzle. Mm. I was just riding on his coattails, right? That's not gotcha. a great mentor. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so, again, like, but that's a journey of faith. Like, I have to believe that God is going to help me identify and attach my spirit to the right people who are attached to his spirit. Mm. Like, that's yeah. a trust process because yeah. letting people into that space in your life is really difficult. Listening to a podcast about faith is really difficult because it challenges where you're at in your faith journey, yeah. right? It challenges where your heart is. And mm. so having the capacity to say, it's fine. Like, I'm going to take some time in the mirror. I'm going to take some time to reflect. Um, you know, Michael Jackson said, the man in the mirror, right? Like, take a peek. Yeah. Look, mm -hmm. Take a look at yourself. Yep. And in that moment, decide this is what God has for me or not. So Interesting. So let's let's transition a little, little bit to relationships. <laughs> so you are engaged to Marissa. I am. And you get married when? September. Okay, September. This is now, what's the date? Today's the 15th. Yeah. He's getting married in September, so that's three, three months. months. Eight, less, like 80 days or so. 80 days, <laughs> okay. So 80 days from now, you're about to become a married man. Yeah. So how does faith play a role in relation in your relationship? Uh, number one, I got down on one knee and really hope she said yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, was, that was a big faith journey. Um, no, um, the, a couple things, right? Like uh, just thinking about the optics of our world, right? We live in a very... Uh, polarizing world with lots of opinions, with lots of mindsets, with lots of situations. And so um, Marissa and I will be um, becoming married into an interracial marriage, right? We come from very different backgrounds, come from very different cultures yeah. um, in some aspects. But the neutral ground is that we love Jesus. Yeah. Not just me, not just her, but our families love Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so when we brought the information to them or when I really went to her mom and dad, like I sat down. Um, it was so funny because her dad is an auditor. He's like very like <laughs> direct to like this is what's happening. Yeah. This is what I this is what I think. Um, but her mom's a counselor and she's like super warm and cuddly. Um, great combination. Um, but I'm sitting down and I had to drive to Oklahoma City. So literally, I dropped Marissa off after a date and I just hightailed it up to Oklahoma City. I texted her parents. Was like, I'm on my way. We need to go to dinner. And they were like, Done. And so they met me at a restaurant um, in Oklahoma City and we're sitting down. We're chatting. We're talking. And I go, so they're like, we know why you're here. Uh, the answer is yes, before you even begin. But let me tell you wow. why. And I was like, okay. And so they're, they're engaging me at a level that I wasn't prepared for. Mm. Actually, her dad led the conversation. He says, you need to know one thing off the bat. Do not care the color of your skin. You love my daughter well. Mm. And I was like, he said, but more than that, I honor you as a man because you put Jesus first in everything. Wow. That's my faith journey. My faith journey is that, like, before I can say a word, I could cry. Before I could say a word, a person can see my relationship with Jesus yeah. and tell what kind of person I am. Mm. 
Yeah. That is like that is night and day what's in our world. And so um, it's not always been what people have perceived of me, right? Mm-hmm. Again, I'm a, type, I'm a type three, right? Like I want people to see Jonas, right? Mm-hmm. But the reality is like I had a, a come to Jesus moment sitting in the prayer tower at ORU where it's like, God, that whole less of me and more of you mentality was not my uh, thought process. Mm-hmm. And I had been rejected for a leadership position at ORU and I was just like, but that was my everything. That's yeah. what I was supposed to do. Like I see, I see visions of me speaking on the stage. I see like, and God's like, what do you need a stage for? Mm. Like, what do you need a leadership title to love people for? Yeah. Um, and so in that moment I said, okay, God, for the rest of my life, when I walk into a room, I want no one to see Jonas and everyone to see me. And from that moment on, man, I could cry. Like it's such that moment. Cause I was sitting there in front of Dave and Kathy and they didn't see Jonas, they saw, the love that I have for Jesus and the mm-hmm. love that has portrayed into their daughter. Yeah. And I like I was so humbled. I was so excited. Man, I'm crying. Um, <laughs> I was so humbled and I was so excited. But the, the biggest thing in that moment was that like for the rest of my life, I have a team, I have a family that's chasing after what God has for my wife and my kids. And sorry. Woo! I'm so excited. Uh, but I have a I have a family that's gonna run this journey with me and that yeah. are gonna choose Jesus over me every time and point me toward his heart. Yeah. And so like it's been a faith journey for sure. Like Marissa and I are very different people. Um, like we have different quirks, different personality types. I'm a little much sometimes. It can be a little bit annoying. <laughs> but the the beauty of that relationship is that we can bring it back to Jesus and hit like back at square one. Yeah. yeah. So Man, I, I I thought of something while you were talking. And I've seen this around several times, but people have like so bumper stickers like like they'd be like honk if you know Jesus yeah. or like I love Jesus like they 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 say these things that makes people know, or they they say these things that associate themselves with Jesus so that people are aware of it. But something you said you talked about how you wanted it to be like when you walk into a room people don't see you but they see Jesus. And so like what does that look like in a practical sense um, having Jesus on the inside of you but not broadcasting it but allowing your actions mm-hmm. to speak mm-hmm. for you so it's not easy um I, I never tell anybody that it's a super efficient thing to do the reason is is that you're human so there are going to be some situations where you want to jump outside of what you know is right mm-hmm. like i am again i am also that person um and especially working in retail and working in a corporate atmosphere where like you can't drop a j-bomb that's what we talk about all the time um <laughs> like, like there's no dropping j-bombs there's no like speaking in tongues there's no like reaching across the table or <laughs> covid don't touch nobody right but in the in in the same vein right i care about your story mm-hmm. the very the most authentic part of my story is who i serve yeah, mm-hmm. the most authentic, the most authentic Jonas you will ever get is in, a, in an atmosphere where I can be fully devoted to Jesus. That's the one you're gonna get, right? And so every single day I have to make a conscious decision, right? Um, where am I gonna spend time with Jesus? Where am I gonna find that intentional moment? Um, whether that's on my drive, I only drive like two minutes to work. Maybe I don't get to take as long as a shower that day, right? Mm-hmm. I have to like get out and get in the Word. I have to get out and, and spend some time in worship. Um, maybe that's the night before that I have to stop playing 2K for a little bit and spend mm-hmm. some time with the Lord. That way I fill myself up. You can't give what you don't have, right? Exactly. So I fill myself up and I walk into a very corporate, very sterile atmosphere and I open my door for whatever problems come in that day. Mm-hmm. And the response I give them, obviously target branded, making sure I'm following all the policies, but is love first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because what people crave most before they crave affirmation, before they crave um, um, promotion or finances or anything like that, they want someone to love them well. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so if I can lead with that, like I'll give you an example. One of the, the girls in my office, she is very cutthroat. She's very direct. Like she's going to let you know. But she's also bubbly and energetic and all the things. She loves chocolate chip cookies. And so her thing is, like, she's not going to come in my office and talk to me about anything unless there's chocolate chip cookies in the desk. <laughs> so I open the chocolate, chocolate chip cookies and I put them on the desk and say, what's up? <laughs> and we have a conversation and she opens up and she talks to me about her dog. She talks to me about all the things. And I'm like, yeah, I love, I love hearing about your dog. What else do you need? And then like, our conversation has evolved over time and, and space. I have a, another young lady. Um, she's become really a great, great friend. Um, and she has all but told me, like, Jesus is not a part of her life, right? Mm. Um, but she needs someone to talk to. She needs a peer. She needs a person. And so I become that person. And so she was going through a really, really difficult moment. And she goes, hey, you, like, have a relationship with God or God or something. And I was like, I do. What's up? And she's like, I don't know if this works or not, but could you like just slide my name in one of those prayers? Um, and I was like, yeah, absolutely. What are we praying about? Um, and the funniest thing is there's a couple other people that like are on the Jesus train with me that were over here, like their ears broke up, like, we can pray too, what's up, what are we doing? Um, and so we're all in that moment. And uh, so she tells me what she needed prayer for. And I was like, I'll pray about it and I'll check in next week. Um, and so we prayed about it. It was a very personal situation and it worked out. And she was like, I don't know if your prayer worked, um, but everything's working now. Like, Listen, uh, I, let, I let the big man know. I'm not really sure what to tell you. Um, but it's in those moments where, like, it's like I only have to do one thing to be different than everyone else. Yeah. yeah. And they know. Yeah. Like, it's different about how I present myself. It's different about the energy I carry. It's different about how I think about people. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so it's it's not the easiest thing. I'll give it, like, a you wanted simplistic, you wanted direct. The easiest thing to do is to choose every single day his plan over your plan. Mm -hmm. So if you feel like in a situation you would react this way and you feel like God would react this way, mm -hmm. switch it up. Yeah. Just go ahead and switch it up. It's safer than sorry, right? Like if you miss it, you miss it, but he has grace for that. Mm -hmm. But I bet you nine times out of 10, maybe even 9.999 out of 10, mm -hmm. if you pick his way over your way, someone's gonna fall in love with Jesus. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, I love, I feel like this is just going to bless everyone who's listening right now. Um, but if there was one thing that you can tell our listeners from this journey, your faith journey, what would that be? Man, um, I think the biggest story, the overarching theme of my life, like I said earlier, is just like, if you're faithful and obedient to who God is and what he's asking you to do, mm -hmm. he's going to provide all the things, right? And I think it was really hard for me to learn that. Um, I didn't grow up in a situation where I had a safety net. Some people have, right? Mm -hmm. Like I didn't have a person that could jump in and fix whatever problems I had, right? Like right. I didn't have a financial safety net, didn't have an emotional one. Like I didn't have any of those things. And so I had to grow up pr pretty quickly and have some really authentic and hard conversations, yelling matches with Jesus and be like, if you don't show up, literally I might die. Like, I don't know if you know, but I've eaten air for the last two days. Like, you need to do the things. And so one of the things that I've learned in that entire process, um, kind of what God has just dropped in my heart, is that God did not bet on anything else but himself to save our lives, mm. to give us access to himself. He didn't bet on anything else. He didn't trust a lamb to save the world. He didn't trust, uh, you know, uh, a plague to save the world. No, he... He literally took upon all of the weight of the world, the death of the world, the pain of the world on himself so no one else would have to bear it. Mm -hmm. So if he can do that for all of humanity, 
what can he like he gonna provide whatever it is I need yeah. does that make sense mm-hmm. um, the Bible talks about how all of the world is the Lord's and everything in it mm-hmm. and I think if if we miss that right we think oh, all the world is the Lord's like yeah no no everything in it yep. yeah, like all the yep. things <laughs> so if he said this is it he can also he's faithful to do those things yeah. um, and so I mean that's the one thing I'm telling you I'm gonna look right in the camera like if there's one thing that you can do um, to, to ignite your faith journey right is make the decision right here right now like as I'm looking at you to choose to trust him just make that just one step it doesn't have to be a big thing right trust him to breathe your next breath oop you did it you're breathing he did it you know what I mean it's that's that's the, that's the thing um, and I, I'm passionate about that I'm passionate about how God's gonna provide whatever it is I need yeah. um, that doesn't mean I don't have to work right it doesn't mean I get to be a bum right I still have right. to use the skills and the talents that God's given me but he provides everything else yeah you know what I mean yeah and so that's my thing man uh, I think about it I think about this quite often I'm like when the Lord were to call me home and don't trip, it ain't now. I know it ain't now. <laughs> but when the Lord would have called me home, I could look at him and be like, Lord, I did everything that you called me to do. Yeah. I did everything you sent me to this earth to do. And I think about it. When I was younger, I always thought, I have two choices of living my life. I can choose to live it in the safety of my own will, my own provision, the things I can do. I can rely on my education because I always thought, like growing up, they were, my parents would always say, hey, get a good education. If you get a good education, you can get a good job, you can make good money, you can set yourself up for, for life. But as I came to OIU and as I started to grow a bit older, I realized that may not necessarily be the best thing for me. Mm-hmm. And I, Rose and I, we have dedicated our lives to being um, people that were going to live our lives by faith. I mean, we not to brag, but to just give you, like, to give you context, like, a lot of the money we receive, we're led to give it away. And so, like, a savings account? Mm-hmm. What is that? <laughs> but I'm like, I've realized this is what I want to do. Like, God will, he will reward my righteousness. If I decide to be over-analytical or I decide not to follow what it is that he's called me to do, I can live, continue to live, but it'll be within the confines of this. When I wake up, I go to mm-hmm. work, brush my teeth, drink my coffee, do my stuff, go home, do the whole thing again. But when you live in by faith, like, he might say, one day, don't go to work. Take a plane trip, go to Ghana for a day. Yeah, that's right. Like, like, your day, your, your, your life is not like a straight road. You might have a, a detour, a roundabout, a, a, a U-turn, a, a left, a right turn. Who knows? But that's a, that's a, that's a good thing about it. Yeah. Because you, you never know what you're going to get, but you always know it's going to be God's best for you. Absolutely. Yeah. You always know it's going to be God's best for you, man. So I just think about that. I'm like, man, a life of faith is something everybody should strive for. It may be uncomfortable. Absolutely. It is very uncomfortable. But at the same, with the same token, it is something that you, it gives you that rush. Yeah. Because when you know, like, you know something is due and you don't know how you're going to pay for it or you don't know how you're going to come through, you have no choice but to but to trust in God because you know well, good well. You can't provide it for yourself. Absolutely. You can't provide it for yourself. Yeah. So that's where that trust comes in. But it's just so, man, it's so, it's such a great thing to live by faith. It's scary, but it's definitely worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, just kudos to you guys for like stepping out in faith and even this because like I know that I was blessed just listening to your um, recent podcast and just absorbing the fact that like there are people out there 
they're actual people. It's not stories. They're not just in some book written 2,000 yes, years ago. It exactly. is happening yeah. in 2021, 2022, 2023. It's happening all over the place because people have chosen. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to choose today to live by faith. Yeah. And God mm-hmm. does what he does best. Shows up. Jonas so. Tucker, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we are so excited that you decided to just take the time out to come and interview yes. with us. Yeah. I mean, just hearing that story, seeing you cry, it brought back memories <laughs> of college. But it was such a blessing hearing your story, man. I, I honestly want to say thank you on behalf of Rose and I. We just yeah. want to extend a big thanks, man, for just sharing your story, just allowing us to dig into your closet and just hear some of the stories that I probably haven't heard the full extent of. But yeah. Just being able to hear some of those, man. So we appreciate that, bro. Yeah. Absolutely. Anytime. Invite me back. Okay. okay. <laughs> we'll get you on the list. <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, we thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. If this stuff is impacting you, just make sure you like, share, subscribe. Make sure that you're passing the message along so that other people that you know can start believing God um, and experiencing the, 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 the stirring of their faith so they can believe God for even greater. And so if this is impacting you, like I said, like, share, subscribe, because when you do so, we continue to build the, build this platform so we can be able to share more stories to even more people. And so until next time, we'll see you guys next. We'll see you guys right back here. <laughs> and I messed up on the end. That's okay.